Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. Jabber. Hey, bitches. Guess who's another year older today? Happy birthday, Dominic. Oh, my God. What does it feel like being another year closer to death? <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I kid. I kid. Um, but we're going to talk about that later today. But more importantly, we have a very special guest with us today, Justin Jedlicka, also known as the Human Ken Doll. Yes, we're going to be talking about body image, plastic surgery, personal struggles with eating disorder, and Dominic. All right, let's begin. Are you serious? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my mom's calling. I don't think she knows we're doing this right now. Answer, put on speaker. Okay, hold on. Hello? Uh, hold on. I am actually, uh, working right now. I'm doing the podcast with Jono. You're on speaker. We're actually recording. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just... What? Uh... Hi, Jono. Hi, how are you? Oh, you really are working on your birthday. You know that I hate celebrating my birthday. I get all this attention on this day. And everyone's really nice, and it feels like the twilight zone, you know? Everyone's uh, kissing your ass. Like, you know, it's just like, it's fake. Uh, I would rather have everybody either treat me normal or kiss my ass every day, you know? I know you would. <laughs> but guess what? It's not all about you, Dominic. Yeah. I think this woman deserves a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like the, the other thing is that I just don't get into the birthday spirit. As you know, you know, I don't eat birthday cake. I don't drink alcohol. I don't go clubbing. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't go out, celebrate. I'm very particular. Dear God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> For me, it, it does feel like uh, a normal day, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that that's actually a good attitude to have because it's like instead of New Year's where it's like that's when everyone starts off, I could do that on my birthday and be like, this is what I've done in the past year. This is what I want to do in the next year. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. So let this be the year that you change your perspective and make every future birthday be celebrated. I agree. Yeah. Phyllis, I have a question. What was Dominic like as a kid? How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Dominic was a strong-willed child. He survived. Everyone knows. <laughs> and it's been evident from the day he was born. 
because he came out yelling, screaming, kicking, and barking out orders, and he's still like that today. Some things never change, Jono. Yeah. Right. It's true. And then, then at the age of five, you'll love this, um, he was telling me that I was not the boss of him. So he'd have his hands <laughs> on his hips, and he's like, you're not the boss of me. Yeah, I remember that. I'd have to sit him down and say... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I feel bad. I do. I actually carry that with me all the time. I have this guilt that I carry through my life where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I was a bad child. I'm surprised my mother didn't get an ulcer or like, you know, some sort of issue, mental health issue, because, you know, I pushed, pushed to the brink of the Titanic sinking. <laughs> and uh, I just feel bad, you know? Well, yeah, you did push and push, but you shouldn't feel bad. Um, you know, I almost considered, you know, putting you in the home down the street for, you know, teenagers, but it didn't seem like the proper thing for a Christian to do. <laughs> so I kept you all to myself. Yeah. Seriously, you were not a bad child. What do I tell you? You're my wild child. Right. You're my wild child. And now that you're older and things have, they're starting to make more sense to me because we joke about this, Dominic. You were not born a bad child. You were born a bad bitch. And you're still a bad bitch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm curious, how do you feel about Dominic's work and his OnlyFans page? Dominic has been naked from the day he was born. He loves being naked. I could not keep clothes on that kid. Um, I, I could tell you stories from the time he was two. I go in his room, he's playing with stuffed animals, but he's, all his clothes are off. There are times he's reading a book, his clothes are off. His cousins came down to visit one summer. Dominic must have been about eight years old. So I put the sprinkler on, gave the boys bathing suits, and they could run around on a hot day and run through the sprinkler. All of a sudden, my nephew is walking in the door. Auntie, Auntie, Dominic's naked! Dominic's naked! And I'm like, I know. Dominic's always naked. He's naked! He's outside! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I remember we have photo albums looking through. It's like me on the floor coloring in a coloring book, me laying down, me taking a nap, me playing with the stuffed animals. Every photo, I either have a shirt on but no pants, or no or pants but no shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, my favorite picture was um, we had everything off with your underwear and you were walking around my high heels. That's my favorite. <laughs> I have those pictures too. <laughs> I still have that. I don't think so. What, like, what happened? Well, you're about 10 years old. I'm cooking dinner. You come in, you're like, Mommy, Mommy, look. So I turn around. Your pants are down to your ankles, and you say, I have a hair on my penis. <laughs> and I said, 
He, he still does that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we have to get back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for calling. You made my day, and I'm sure the audience is going to love to get to know you better. Well, thanks for taking my phone call. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for having you. I love you. All right. Love you. Bye. 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 Have a good day. Bye. Sexual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to start off with the show and body image and what we're talking about. And we're going to start off with eating disorders, mm -hmm. which you've experienced. I, I have, actually. Honestly, I didn't think I was ever going to want to talk about this, but this was at a moment of my life when I was not happy at all. Mm -hmm. And this is just going to go into it. My body stores fat a little bit differently than most guys do. I retain everything in the lower abdomen and hips. I'm very curvy, but if you will. Wait, you're also shorter, too. And I feel yeah. like with shorter guys, it's distributed differently than taller guys. Yeah. And so it's the fat, like, I don't know, it just looks... If I gain five pounds, yeah. it's a lot, it looks a lot more than what it is on, on someone. So are you like a pair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It goes to your hips. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very curvaceous. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we were at Universal Studios, and I was in line to get a cinnamon roll because a girl likes to eat. And there was a couple behind me, her and her boyfriend, and she asked her boyfriend, hey, is this a girl or a guy? And I was like thinking to myself, ooh, T, who are they talking about? And so when I glanced over at the, the window that had a reflection on there, I noticed that she was pointing at me as she said, right here in front of us. And I was shook the house down. I couldn't believe, like, they're asking if I was either a woman because of how big I was. <laughs> and But are you sure it's because of how big you were? Yeah. What else was it? You know, like, like what else could it have been? Were you in drag? <laughs> no, I wasn't, wasn't in heels or anything. I was just, maybe I look a little butch. <laughs> Uh, I just had a really big rump and a... <laughs> Anyways, I was, I, it did make me feel very self-conscious to the Aww. core. And I still ate that cinnamon roll. But, <laughs> but after that, the day after, I got on the road to go back into my swimmer shape. So I did an IBM on Wait, my... What? What's, an, what's an IBM? I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm in a BMI. BMI. Oh, yeah. body mass index. Yeah. He did that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my, my coach did this and turns out I was at 27% body fat. For me, wow. being short, yeah. that's, that's a lot. Yeah. You know? And so I was determined to get that number down and I didn't respect his calorie intake that he gave me. Was it restrictive? Yeah. It was, I think it was 1750 that he told me that I had to go on. But okay. I went down to 600. 600? Mm -hmm. A day? Yeah. That's like one meal for me. Well, I was able to like cut it into two different meals. Like Holy I had moly. for dinner, I would just eat like um, one chicken leg and a salad. And then okay. in the morning, I would have, um, there was no bread al uh, al allowed in, in this thing. So it was like maybe like a little tiny piece of protein and oatmeal. 
Okay. And so I wouldn't touch anything else with it and nothing but water. And my body fat went all the way down to a 6% within a month. And my coach was, you know, what the fuck are you doing? What's going on here? And I was like, oh, I played it off. I was like, you know, I'm getting back into shape. This yeah, is what yeah. I usually was. Right. You know, I have a really high metabolism. And he goes, you know, kind of like leery about it. But the moment I was, I scared myself was when I was in the pool and I felt like I was going to black out. I saw the black tunnel vision coming around and I was like, you know, okay, this is scary. I stopped right in the middle of it. I stopped right in the middle of my, my sprint. And he was just like, okay, get out of the pool. What's wrong? And I was just like, uh, I didn't eat breakfast today. Uh-huh. And, and he goes, okay, well, you're done for the day. And he, he knew yeah. already what I was doing. Yeah. So he, he stopped it and he said, right. you need to go get something to eat. And so when I did all that, that really did put a toll on my body. Yeah. My doctor told me that I was borderline diabetic. And it went through this whole big old thing. I lost a lot of hair. And my hair... Thin- Diabetic? Mm-hmm. From what? It's just because of the... Uh, threw my body out of whack. Just from the eating issue? Mm-hmm. The restrictive calories? Mm-hmm. And then when I started eating again, like back to try to get back to normal... My body did a crazy sugar thing where it was, it was, it went out of whack and it was, it was scary. I had to be careful what I ate for a few months. Are you diabetic now? No, 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 I'm good. It reversed itself. Yeah. I'm back to normal. Yeah. I'm still eating like a pig, but, (laughs) but, um, yeah, everything's back to normal with that. But I, I went on this crazy tangent to lose weight because I felt you know, somebody made a comment about me, and mm. I really took that to heart. Yeah. And I was very... Were you a skinny kid? Um, about that. And then when I got to, like, puberty, that's when I started gaining a lot of weight. So, like, 10 years old or so, you gained mm-hmm. weight? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and then when I was in high school, I was husky. I was working out. Like, I, 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 I was part of, like, the, the weightlifting team. Okay. And so I was, uh, I was, I was yeah. thick. Yeah. But then when I went to swimming, it was a mixture of muscle. Yeah. So when I got into swimming, I was so lean mm-hmm. and with muscles. So yeah, it was yeah. just like I had like, you know, like, like I was used to that body and then got supposedly happy in this relationship, mm. ate a whole bunch of food and right. bounced back to my old body. Yeah. I mean, that's why I don't do relationships. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I mean, you could be happy in a relationship and still work out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm doing right now, kids. Yeah. You never, it never got to a dark, dark place for you, did it? Mm, only when I almost blacked out in the pool. Right, like, right. That was scary. Right. But also, like, my nails got really brittle. Right. Because I was, hadn't, like, known nutrition. There was a little bit blotches on my face that were forming. I feel like it's also about sympathy and pity. Mm, yeah. Like, I think yeah. it's because I wanted to fix this immediately. Yeah. And I did everything in my power to try to do it. Yeah, no, not your situation, but mm. I'm saying for some for a lot of eating disorder mm. people, it's about needing sympathy. They literally are a victim of this mm. eating disorder. It's a mental thing. Nowhere near are we allowing that this behavior to be okay or accepted. If you do have an eating disorder, you know, there is help. There is people out there that can help you. There's people that you can talk to. There's resources out there that can address, you know, 
all types of disorders because you can die from it. Yes, that's right. And there's the Eating Disorder Help Hotline, and you can call the hotline 800-931-2237. That's the National Eating Disorders Association Hotline. If you or someone you know needs help, call that number. Again, it's 800-931-2237. You're not alone. All right, kittens, we're going to take a little nap, but we'll be right back. Oh, that was A Perfect Lie by Gabriel and Dresden Remix. What do you think? It was sensual. Mm -hmm. I thought it was sensual. It's kind of glamorizing the whole like, like cutting and... This is like the kind of song that like, you're laying in bed and someone like <laughs> sneaks out of the closet and crawls towards you in a black bodysuit and then like gets on top of you and seduces you all to this choreography. Oh, that's the Shadow Man. Is it? That's another, that's another episode we need to do. Oh, okay. So plastic surgery. Now, before we bring out our first guest, Dominic, may I ask you, have you ever wanted to or have had anything done? <laughs> um, I, I can assure you that I have had nothing done, ever. Never, ever have I had anything done. Uh, what about you? I haven't done anything major. I will definitely say I'm a Botox queen. I've had a series of fillers all throughout my face, but they mostly fade over time. It's mainly just a routine maintenance, you know? I had no idea. <laughs> Is that why your forehead doesn't move? I don't do anything too crazy, nothing too drastic, just a little help here and there. You know, I will admit, I'm no spring chicken. Wait, how old are you? So our next guest. Oh, okay, so, so we're not gonna answer this question, okay. I'm 33. You know, you should say you're older because when you say you're younger, people are like, yeah, okay. But if you say you're older, no one's going to suspect that you would be adding years to your age. So when you tell them, yeah, I'm, I'm 42, they'll be like, oh my gosh, you look great for your age. They'll never suspect it. No, I am not doing that. Uh. All right, so we've got Justin Jedlica with us here today, also known as the Human Ken doll. So thanks for being here today. Of How are you doing? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, girl. Hey. It's okay if we call you the Human Ken doll, right? That's not offensive? <laughs> no, I don't mind. That's cool with me. No worries. Okay, good. Um, so, Jono, I met Justin um, when I was doing a shoot with Joseph. Mm -hmm. He was the one, you saw the pictures, right? And then yeah. there was the hose. Justin was... Water sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Justin actually, he was the one, like, I give Justin a lot of credit for this because we are both, like, spotlight people. We're both, like, in the spotlight for our work. And the fact that you were, like, volunteering and helping out and doing something behind the scenes 
is like, I really admire that because I wouldn't do that. I mean, let's be honest. Why? Oh, stop. I mean, not even in the name of art, right? Right. I mean, obviously, you were, you were game to play along with Joseph's sort of vision with all of that. And, right, right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, a lot of the photo shoots and television stuff that I do, it couldn't, wouldn't be possible without my friends and my family who came and helped, you know, to make those pieces worthwhile and, like, interesting. So, uh, no, it's totally my pleasure. That's, well, maybe I can take that on from you and just sort of pay it forward. <laughs> you gotta pay it forward, exactly. Yes. Um, so... So, Justin, do you feel that people make character judgments based off of your appearance? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely happens. Obviously, I mean, a lot of people don't know me personally, and I have to understand that. Like, having done television for the last 10 plus years now, mm-hmm. um, you know, people only get to see a really small excerpt of who I am and what my passion is. And, um, and typically, that's a bit skewed, of course, for controversy's sake, so that they can, you know, sell papers or get ratings. Yeah. Um, so, over sensationalizing things is something that's paramount when it comes to media and networks. Um, so, it, it's not necessarily a shock, but I definitely do think that people think, having not met me, that I'm going to be very, like, narcissistic and self-serving and um, walk around with my nose in the air like I'm perfect and everyone around me, if they're going to be around me, needs to be whatever perfect is. Uh, right. Perfect, I guess. So that, that's sort of, I think, a big misconception because I don't feel like I've ever really lived my life that way. And my journey speaks much more of um, an interest in, like, the artistic, creative side of body modification mm-hmm. versus um, striving for any sort of perfectionism. Yeah. Right. Um, did you ever feel like, um, I'm sorry, let me start that over again. When did everything start with plastic surgery? Yeah, like when I was, well, when I was a kid, I guess. I mean, I grew up in sort of like a lower income family, and I'm the oldest of four siblings, three boys and one girl. And I mean, I don't know, we, we didn't really have much extra money to go around. I, I'm like, as a kid, I was born in 1980, so I was surrounded by, you know, characters like Michael Jackson and Joe Rivers and Dolly Parton. Yeah. And so I was always very much bombarded by um, those icons. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, they were icons. And, and there was there was a couple of reasons, I think, you know, for, for me to have started my journey so early. Like, I was always very infatuated with celebrity and, mm-hmm. and wealth. And I think when I look back at those iconic figures in my life, those are people that I wanted to emulate. And one of the very... Um, one of the interesting bonding characteristics of all of those people was that they sort of turned themselves into caricatures of the people that they once were. Um, it was, you know, it was like wearing your wealth on you was sort of how I thought about it as a kid. And I thought that was so cool to be able to sort of design your own body in whatever your own view of yourself was, not necessarily that, you know, who birthed you was responsible for the way you looked or the way the world sort of uh, looked at you. Right. So I, that was part of it, I think. I think there was another part of me that I was always into sketching, sculpting, painting, and I think that like body modification was just a natural progression for me in the form of sort of of, of artistry, I guess. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a little town in uh, upstate New York called Fishkill, New York, up near Poughkeepsie. I so I was up there until about tenth grade, and then our family moved us to the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and uh, we could afford a little bit of a better lifestyle down there. It was cheaper. So I was I was a child of the South then I guess, um, and it wasn't bad. It's just a little bit more rural of an area, but upstate New York isn't that much more cosmopolitan. So the taste yeah. of <laughs> So it's it's true to say that you it's this has never been something that's come from a place of like self hatred or anything like that, right? 
think for me that it came from a place of self hatred. Right. I think I think if anything, it was it was very like it was very affirming for myself to realize that I held the power to change how I felt about myself and to change how I thought other people received me. I never, my first no job was something I think I needed because I didn't like it, right? Mm-hmm. And after the first no job, I didn't need the four more after. Now, I had them, yes, but for me, it was a want. And there's a big difference between needing it mentally where you feel like it's going to give you a sense of confidence, self-esteem, um, to move into the next chapter of your life versus wanting it just because, like I said, for me, it was artistic and it was fun and it was playful. It was asserting my individuality. Customizing myself was really exciting, I guess. And the idea that, you know, as I've gotten older and I've done more pioneering procedures, these are things that people haven't done before. And I felt like I was really, like, helping a very neglected niche of plastic surgery, which is sort of the male side of plastic surgery, right? I was the first person to have three-piece shoulder implants and I'm the first person in the world to have back implants. I'll be the first person in the world to have eight-piece leg implants. And that's what continues to bring me back to sort of that creative standpoint of, you know, what's possible, what's feasible, and how far can I push the envelope? Do you ever feel that you may have experienced body dysmorphia? I think that question all the time on television shows. I don't think that I suffer from body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia is a branch off of obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. And basically it's where you don't understand the reality of you know the visual of, of how you look. So in essence, you mentally can cause yourself to believe that there is something disfigured or wrong about the way you look. Um, but you don't actually understand the true image that's looking back at you in the mirror. And that's never been something that I feel like I battled. I always knew how I looked. I enjoy looking quote-unquote done, and I wanted to be recognized as a person who had plastic surgery. I wanted to be recognized as a person who had sort of set their own path, their own destiny, and, and you know, I've done that through modifying my looks, right? This has become all-encompassing for me. It's a career beyond just the television and my cosmetic uh consultations that I do for people with aesthetics, I customers on implants for people. So it's a true love of my life, um, and it gives me a lot of happiness and joy. So um, I think that all the things it's given to me have been positive, and I think I very much understand how I look. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not deluding myself. I might enjoy a different aesthetic than other people, but that doesn't make mine wrong. Okay, so I don't mean to be rude or vulgar. I just have to know, uh, have you ever had anything done on your penis? Done. What did you? I mean, you can't ask the most modified man in the world if I haven't modified my manhood, of course. Yeah, I've, I've done injections. I've had injections of silicone, which are permanent. I've had injections of temporary. I've had injections of stem cells and PRP with a P shot. What, what does uh, that do? Hmm? What does that do? Um, well, I mean, obviously, the injections of filler uh, are okay. going to give you more still girth. They're going to add, obviously, some visual weight to that, which in turn can sort of um, pull on the ligament, and, and if you can stretch the ligament, you can gain some more size. Wow. Uh, it's not necessarily for length. Um, but then, like, with the P-shot, uh, those stem cells are supposed to help with vascularity in that area, increased erections, firmer erections, um... And then outside of that, then microneedling, obviously that helps with the compression of the skin. It, it helps collagen build up uh, wherever that procedure is done. So in the penis specifically, it can give you like some additional girth. Um, does this and, hurt? Uh, does what hurt? All of these procedures. The procedures? Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't feel great. 
<laughs> you, get, you get through it. It's a series of needles. Like I said, I've never had my dick touched with a scaffold at this point. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I guess. I'm just ha- I'm happy with what I have now. Um, it doesn't mean I will continue to try to modify as new things come out on the market and they're available. I even tried, actually, I tried grow chops a while ago where they put, they put you know, freezer into the testes, into the scrotum, actually. So your balls are, like, more, like, distended and look more, like, weighty. And, uh, no, I mean, if it's a more useful if appearance. It's able to be tried, I want to try it. Absolutely. So, um, what's dating like for you, Justin? Um, to be honest, to be totally honest with you, uh, before we met, I didn't know who you were, but I think, you know, Joseph told me and I maybe looked you up or something and I was a little intimidated because I went in with this preconceived notion that you were going to be like super critical of others because I figured, oh, he, you know, he strives to be perfect. Is he going to be pointing out other people's flaws, you know? And moreover, I just, I enjoy celebrating it and putting it 
be able to gain the confidence and self-esteem. Like, if I can help make a judge in people's thought process as, you know, plastic surgery not for men, not being masculinizing and, and having merit to making people feel good or better about themselves, then I'm all for that. Yeah, it all comes down to you loving yourself and being happy in your own skin. A hundred percent, definitely. Yeah. Do you find it hard to find something deep or meaningful in relationships? sucks so much because I'm born and raised here in LA and I can see that I guess you can say that fake face everybody makes here in LA and mm-hmm. everybody has that absub- uh, assumption that I'm like that too and, sure. and, it, and it sucks because you know like everybody thinks everyone acts the same way but that that's kind of like a I, I don't know what you would call it it's just like a fake face everybody puts on like you know like for you know, like, just the fact that they use that crutch that, you know, like they're living in Los Angeles, they have to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I share that. That's exactly what I was going to say to you. It, it can be something that at times it becomes, you become disheartened with trying to make new relationships and formulate new things because you don't know, I mean, if you're actually getting to know a person, you know, intensely or if it's all just smoke and mirrors and, you know, I, I didn't realize I'd run into that as much as I have moving out here to Los Angeles. I mean, it exists everywhere on a level, I'm sure. Um, and it's all probably about the company you keep to. <laughs> so I don't want to discount myself out of that and just put it on other people. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that it's hard out here in Los Angeles to be able to find quality people, quality partners, and people that are going to level with you and accept you for you and not just always try to, like, keep up with the Joneses necessarily and put on this facade of something that's just an untruth. Do you think that you get put more into the, oh, he's fake box because of the plastic surgery or because you live in L.A.? No, oh, for sure the plastic surgery and the television surrounding the plastic surgery. Right. I think, come on, they have me on television shows going, you know, I mean, I walked them in the beginning tooth and nail because I, I never really thought out to look like a Ken doll or uh, I just say I don't necessarily think that I look like one. That was never my intended goal with any of my work, right? That was a media-imposed 
equated to the Western ideal of beauty. I loved the idea that I was going to be able to aesthetically formulate my own my own beauty, right? And I, I was the one that was that was defining what beauty meant for me. And then here I am now being assimilated with the Western ideal of beauty for a man, right? So, right. Well, What's it, it, it definitely all comes under that media notion. They're the ones that impose that on me, and that's why people definitely automatically think of me as being something that's sort of shallow that's very superficial. What's one thing that TV and reality shows have sort of made you out to look like, but is totally not true about yourself? Like, do they make you out to be shallow on the TV, like in editing or something? So with that said, do you find it hard to find authentic partners because they automatically assume that you're superficial and then you're only left with these kind of superficial guys that you probably wouldn't want to be with anyway? <laughs> I mean, I think that I've been blessed in my life. I think I've always considered myself a little bit of a misfit. And I think to this yeah. day I kind of revel in the fact that I'm a little bit of a misfit and I'm fine to own that title. Um, it's become a safe place. And I think as such, I, I like, to think that I attract other people who are a little bit different and outside of the box. I mean, I know I definitely have respect for people who, who live their truth, and I don't think any, any of us are 100% normal, and anyone who finds sort of a niche that, um, that's not accepted 100%, if they choose to use that as their calling, I think that's really amazing and, and moreover admirable, right? Um, because you stand through a lot of scrutiny to show the world who your true self is. So I definitely think that a majority of my friends that I would call best friends, I think that, you know, that they're really very great, genuine, different, and multifaceted individuals, I'll put it like that. And I love that about them, that we all have our own little different quirks or niches, and I think that that's important for me and my friend group. Um, I mean, hopefully, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't think that I would be the person to keep hangers on who weren't um, really, didn't bring any sort of substance, I guess, to our friendship uh, on an emotional or a mental level. I just would, I wouldn't want to keep that in my life. But I, don't, I don't have any interest in that. Thank you so much, Justin. And we want to close off by reading some shady comments. Shady comments. Yeah. <laughs> well, we only chose two, but there actually were eight pages with probably 300, and I just chose two of them, okay? So, okay. <laughs> He's so kind. Um, so kind. So, I'm going to read the first one. He's always on Grinder in whatever city he's in, begging for loads in his ass. Uh -huh. Is that true? <laughs> No judgment. No judgment. Whatever. All right, so. I'm not ashamed. I have a sex life and a past. I'm a 40 year old man. I'm allowed. Okay. 
Uh, so uh, the other comment says, I cannot with that fake body. I wouldn't put it past him to have had work done to enlarge that dick. Well, well we just covered that We one. just covered it. <laughs> so there you go. They can. They know all the answers now. <laughs> they know all the answers now. <laughs> Good. Right. Um, I'm going to... I wanted to ask you, Justin, if you wanted to plug anything, some of the new work that you're working on or some of your links to your social media. Sure. I mean, all of my social media is super easy. It's just underneath my, my natural birth name, Justin Jedlicach, J-U-S-T-I-N-J-E-D-L-I-C-A. So that's Instagram, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, it's Snapchat, it's all those. And outside of that, I just finished up um, being a primary in a new show called The Men of West Hollywood, who also has an Instagram up. Oh my god, that sounds oh, awesome. That should be coming out sometime in the recent future, in the near future. Uh, and again, that's Men of West Hollywood on the Instagram. I love so, that. Thank you. It should be super cool. I mean, yeah. we took like the lives of, you know, three sort of very relevant gay figures in, in nightlife and, and uh, in the industry here in LA. And then we also have three uh, really cool young men that are that are straight. So three straight, three gay, and they kind of live together to see, like, is it all that different? Or, uh, you know, to, to come up and have relationships with different partners and, um, you know, be able to work in the community. Is it, is it different, all that different for, you know, gay men versus straight men? Uh, how do our love lives, you know, align, or are they dissimilar? So I think it was kind of a cool premise, and uh, I look forward to, like, having that out. We just finished up our first season with that. Sweet. It's like a gay housewives. Yeah, that was actually the initial thought. It was good. They were gonna call. They were talking about calling it the husbands of West Hollywood, and then they said, "No, we have to broaden it a little bit." So instead of doing six all gay characters, we have half and half. That's awesome, though. Can't wait to watch it. What do, yeah. do they know? What network or not yet? The, uh, we haven't been told. Okay. I've been told that it that it potentially picked up, but they but they can't tell us with whom. So I'm not sure. I mean, to me, it's interesting because, you know, all those shows, like, oh, they have everything so set up, even though it's kind of like a lot of improv. It's one of those things you're like, oh, how am I going to get painted this time in the media? They, you know, they have all of these, like, arguments set up and just like housewives, lots of dinner parties and people throwing glasses and drinks in everyone's faces. It's just sort of yeah. not my normal MO, but we all do it so that, you know, we have an exciting show for our audience. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how that plays was, out. Was this pre-COVID? You stopped, you... When was this going on? Like before this whole quarantine thing? Oh God, yeah, we started this back in like nineteen, so oh, wow. we were filming through two thousand nineteen. So it was definitely before COVID. We haven't met up at all since COVID started. Not not with that filming at all. No. no. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. I had a great time with you guys. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. Awesome. Bye, boys. Bye. Well, that was our body image episode. What'd you think? That was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening. Botox, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> 10 cc's, please. Yeah, tune in next week. We have a special episode with a good friend of ours, Joseph Jasso, talking about censorship. Have you ever been censored? Oh, gosh, don't even get me started on that. Can we be censored for talking about being censored? We'll find out. Also, if you have a question, topic, or just want to write us, send us an email at jabberpod at gmail.com. Do it. Bye. Bye. Sexual. Ugh. 
We're going to leave you with a song by Sharon Needles, I Wish I Were Amanda Lepore. Featuring Amanda Lepore. I might be drastic, but I think I'm fantastic. I show it all. I'm always on. Silicone, tiny waist, red carpet lips, porcelain face. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and John O'Madison. Sound by Jose Gallup. Do you have a question or inquiry? Send us an email at jabberpod at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties. What?